Thank you so much, Aliyah, for uh, jumping on this podcast with us. On today's episode, we are going to dive into product market fit, how to reach it, um, some best practices and tips from your uh, extensive experience as a founder and advising founders as well. So how about a, a brief little introduction to yourself and your background? And uh, yeah, we can take it from there. Yeah, thank you very much, Forty. I'm happy to join this podcast. So my name is Alia Greek. I'm a founder and CEO of uh, of the Evolvi AI. It's a well-being platform uh, based on uh, creating an AI companion. And I have a 14-year background, like launching different startups from the areas like hardware tech, uh, space tech. And uh, like based on my background, I can share a lot how to reach product market feed, both for hardware, B2B, and B2C, and uh, I'll be happy to share this experience with you. Yeah, so let's take it from the top. I mean, how do you define product market fit? Well, I, I generally stick to the determination of a product market fit as when users knock to your doors and ask when you will deliver the product to them and when is the launch date. So for me, it's actually the product market fit. But of course, it's like a very ideal uh, explanation and ideal world. In reality, um, a product market fit is when you uh, really create the product which really solve real problems of real users. And I specifically mentioned the word real because sometimes it can be like the problems that we as the founders or the product managers think are important, but uh, in reality, they're not important at all. So uh, I would say that the product market fit is to deliver a great product which will solve better, quicker, and cheaper uh, problems, which are important for for the users. And the best part of it, when it's like enough users. So for example, it's not very important to solve like problems of a small and tiny group of users, like I don't know, 15 people and have a not scalable product. Yeah, I love that explanation. So What's the biggest sort of mistake that you're seeing founders uh, make when they're in the early stages of growing their startup, trying to find product market fit? Well, uh, I think that um, there are a couple of main challenges at the early stage. So the first uh, and the like really important part is to understand uh, who are your users and what are their real problems, because we can uh, we can face with uh, bias with our cognitive bias when we think that this is a problem based on our reality and our world and in fact this problem doesn't exist or it's not such a such important for the users. Second part is to understand uh, are users ready to pay to solve this problem because sometimes the problem exists and uh, people are not ready to pay for it. So for example, so if we take for example. Um, a lack of water or lack of electricity, people like will be ready to pay like hundreds and uh, thousands of dollars to solve this problem because it's a really essential need. And if it's some kind of like, uh, I would say, uh, of course, all of us, we know the theory of vitamin and uh, pill and medicine. So all of us, we don't want to be as a startups as supplements and vitamins because normally it's not a such a big issue for users. So for example, some uh, I would say there are lots of like fitness apps and they usually face this uh, this uh, challenge because it's kind of like it's a vitamin, it's a supplement. They don't solve kind of like 
like uh, life death uh, problems or some, something like really important. So second point is to understand how important and uh, if uh, users are ready to pay for this problem. And uh, it's uh, it's better to understand this through uh, through like asking them directly through jobs to be done interview and to understand if they have some other kind of like um, uh, ways to solve this problem which are they already pay for. And the third, uh, the most important part is to uh, understand how frequent is a problem. So, for example, if users face it like daily or like weekly or monthly. And uh, like by doing this like small research, actually what I mentioned, you can do like uh, if you'll be really focused in a couple of weeks time is to understand if you can really create a product which can solve this problem, if it is applicable and if you can receive enough uh, funds from users, not from investors, first of all, but from users so that, that they can uh, pay for this problem. And uh, the biggest mistake I see when people uh, try to create or to build a product that they start doing tech part first, they start building the product and they're not talking to users at all. I was uh, in the same shoes myself maybe 10 years ago and I spent like uh, over, I don't know, maybe like 600k of my personal savings to one of my startups when I decided finally, okay, I think it's time to start talking to users. And this happened, unfortunately, after like nine months of very intense operational job. So I highly recommend to start with this small exercise. And uh, you don't need much uh, people, much employees and a team to do this. You can do it on your own. You just need like uh, your laptop, your brain and uh, ways uh, to, to look for users. Yeah, no, no, I was just going to ask as well, like, tell us a, a, a bit of a personal story of, of how you yeah, found yeah. it. You know, you mentioned you invested a significant uh, amount of your own personal money into, into it. And then you started talking to uh, users. Um, when you started talking to users, did they, did you already have, did, were they paying users or were they sort of like beta early access people? No, no, it was a total fail. This startup was a total fail. This time we decided, uh, so the startup, we, we were trying to build uh, was um, was an educational startup about space, and we spent uh, like uh, all these investments to create to build the platform for education, to build the product itself, and like we started to to do marketing activities to attract users, and uh, they didn't use much our product. Uh, we we had lots of problems with them, and uh, they didn't pay us. So we decided finally, okay, it's time to start talking to users so it was like potential audience so we start talking to different uh, target groups understand their needs and then like actually we throw away all the all the work we've done and uh, build a new product from scratch but it was a great product which addressed the users needs and it was a specifically a student audience and uh, then then the, and the, ne- the second time it worked uh, great second time was a charm right yeah so the second time, I mean, when you when when you started, uh, you you didn't start with the tech straight away. You started interviewing users. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the the, the questions you 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 ask or you you try to ask during these these interview calls, or how do you structure the process? Yeah, sure. So uh, well, basically, during all these years, I created my own framework on how to uh, how better to make this user research. So uh, the first part before even doing like interview, it's really important to 
split all your users to different target groups because it's uh, like really it's not valuable for you if you will mix different groups because you you won't have a like great results and you won't understand their behavior so you split your users to like well generally it's like two to three two three groups so for example like uh, women uh, not working with kids like men like and so on and um, you prepare like uh, all the all your questionnaire like based on uh, three different types of questions so the first part is like uh, uh, i will call it like qualifying questions when you understand if a user has this problem how much does he spend, like uh, what's, what's his portrait, so if he suits this group or not. Second part is the jobs to be done uh, group of questions. It's a specific type of questions where you ask which jobs they have and which results they want to achieve or they achieved through solving this problem and which emotions they had it, uh, after solving this problem. And it's really important part because in um, like in the modern world, we uh, we don't sell products; we sell emotions and we sell results to the users. And the third part is about like uh, existing way they solve the problem, and uh, so it's basically about your direct and indirect competitors. So, for example, like you solve a problem with uh, burnout, your indirect competitor can be Netflix or Instagram, and it's also important to to understand it because. People spend money for subscription, and it's uh, important for you to understand how you can solve better this like burnout problem. And um, uh, then it's a really important uh, uh, step to analyze all these user interviews and results, and uh, to prepare all the insights, product insights. And in my team, we usually create a value proposition canvas uh, with user personas where you put like different gains, pains, and then you start to create like products around this knowledge base. And a small tip, it's uh, also important when you start doing user interviews, uh, try to like do it uh, uh, with, with a video because sometimes people think that it's uh, easy just to make a questionnaire through Google form. Like guys, it doesn't work at all because you will uh, lose like 90% of the information. And it's important to have a video call for like 20 or 30 minutes and to speak directly to a person because only like eye contact can provide you all the details and all the like information and so on. It's, and it's also easier for a person to be open through the, through a call. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally agree. Um, in, in terms of like after, right after the interview happens, can we can you talk a little bit about if you have a process for processing that qualitative data, the unstructured qualitative data, and how do you derive insights from that in a structured way that can, you can make yeah, yeah. actually insightful decisions, product decisions based on? Sure. So uh, we uh, we usually split all the uh, all the interviews uh, to the part of the jobs of the user and rank them in terms of their importance uh, ready to spend for this job and how like painful the job is and then we select the most like painful and the most like uh, the most uh, expensive job and think about like if we can deliver and create product for this job in order to solve this uh, and then we create, as I mentioned before, a value proposition canvas with different gains, pains, and product solution, which can address these gains 
campaigns of the user. And uh, then we create uh, CGM, uh, customer journey map, where we create all the way how, so how the person goes and uh, where he can gain like the most value from the product, for, for example, like from the app, from the website, and where he starts to understand that this product can solve his, his, uh, his problem. And uh, then just start to create an uh, MVP and uh, then, uh, then test it. So it's like second stage of the, of the product market fit. And uh, uh, I would say that it's the most important part here is to, uh, is to make scoring of these jobs and to really understand uh, if you can solve it or not, or if you can solve it better, cheaper and quicker than uh, other competitors. Not everyone's going to get product market fit, right? I mean, what what are some of the telltale signs that it's just not going to happen? And maybe fold your 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 cards. Um, I mean, you've 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 gone through one failed startup. Um, I mean, what were those points where you were like, all right, I'm gonna, just going to cut my losses here and either completely pivot uh, or or scrap it, salvage it. Well, I would say that uh, I would I would say it vice versa. <laughs> so I mean that uh, it's important uh, to test hypothesis fast and test your MVP fast and to create this MVP like uh, in a week and a two weeks time. Because if you spend like uh, six months like doing a product after user interviews, it's uh, it doesn't work because normally like we all know these statistics like nine from 10 startups fail and they fail because they build this like expensive, amazing product, which uh, doesn't reach product market fit. So I would state it in another way. So I would focus uh, like yourself as a founder or your team to how you can create like in like in a week, in two weeks, an MVP, test it with uh, your target group, understand if it's, uh, if it really works and if people are ready to pay uh, for this product and then to scale it. And if this MVP fail, then to create another one, like an upgraded or make a pivot. So uh, for me, it's like a better approach because for example, in my current startup, in the AI startup, uh, we started first with, uh, with another hypothesis and another product. And the product we have right now, it was like maybe I would say MVP uh, version 35, like it's not, not even like MVP number five, it's like 35 or like even 40. Because through all this time, we, we constantly test various hypotheses. It's, uh, well, a uh, small note, it's still the same area. So we don't go like to a totally different direction, but we still focus on how to deliver to the target group the most uh, in, the, mo the best product for them and um, uh, another checklist which you can do for, for yourself and, and understand that you need to stop and pivot completely that first of all that it's hard to attract users even for user interviews and this will be like a first sign that something is wrong because if people are even are not ready to talk about this problem uh, it means that it's not interesting and not important for them. Second point uh, will be that uh, people are not ready even to go to the website and check the information and you have a really low conversion rates from from all your like both zero cost and paid campaigns. Uh, it 
means also something is wrong because uh, it's not about the design, it's something about this, the, the idea. Uh, third thing, it's of course like if, if all the conversion rate from onboarding and so on, it doesn't work and have like almost zero. And uh, like uh, I even don't mention retention rates and uh, virality because it's like second metrics which uh, show you that something is wrong. So I would like uh, at this point I would be really honest with uh, with yourself and just look at the situation in reality. So if uh, people are like ready to to I don't know even to invest their time to an interview or to look at your website or not if not then i think it's it's something wrong and you need to to re rearrange things in your product i think the the underlying theme across uh all the advice that you've given is to uh speak to users um and uh yeah be honest with yourself and um maintain the sort of experimentation mindsets pivot when needed and uh, yeah I'll always always be uh testing things so, Aliyah, thank you so much for uh, sharing your insights with us. Is there any way that uh, your preferred ways that people can contact you um, and get to know you a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So you can find my contact at the Growth Mentor platform, and uh, I'll be ready to help on the questions regarding product market feeds, like user experience, behavioral engineering, customer experience. And you can contact me through LinkedIn. I'll be happy also to help and uh, to explain more about all these areas. Thank you so much, Foti. Thank you as well.